Everything from overlanding in a pickup truck to going off-road in a sticky buggy. Wait, is that it? This is the Total Off-Road Podcast. I am not Steve. I'm also not Steve. And this is episode 155. Oh, yeah. I fucked that up too, didn't I? <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. I was like, am I going to say it? <laughs> Oh man, we're not we're not doing so good. I think this nah. is the this is the keeper though. Third time's the charm. That's it. That's what it. Do you think we should. One I think time. people will appreciate it. We want to do it one more time. All right. No, it. no. If that's good, it's good. Let's fucking do it. Let's start podcasting or something. We're we're podcasting now. This is oh my god, it's already starting. It's it started like ten seconds ago or 15, 20 seconds ago. I don't even know how long the intro takes. I'm not ready. <sighs> never ready Steve I don't think Steve's ever ready I think he just comes in and is like we're gonna like do this thing and whatever happens happens mother oh yeah goes. absolutely Steve's Especially mind is never in the right place when he starts a podcast and it just becomes <laughs> in the right place yeah yeah that's how it goes right perfect well for those that haven't noticed Steve is not here if we didn't make that clear <laughs> um he's been real busy at home and with work stuff so uh we're filling in this is I, I'm Derek. Since we haven't actually said our real names, that's true. We could be anybody. We could be anybody. Well, now they know I'm Derek, so they don't. Know I'm not even going to say who I am. They can just figure it out. You can just go to listen to any other episode, just about, <laughs> just about, except for the beginning, except for the COVID sods. Yeah, that's true. The COVID sods. That sounds like a soda made of COVID. Mmm, delicious. Like, like here we go. Here I'm gonna. Oh crap. I opened my COVID soda. Is it actually a soda? It looks like a soda, Derek. It's a sparkling water. Hmm. A sparkling uh, water actually, without I, should, I guess I should actually open a beer. Let's try that again. Here, take two. It sounds so much better when it's a beer. Yeah, I think it's foamier when it's a beer. The only problem now is that you have two open drinks. I have three open drinks. That's one or two too many, Derek. I opened a, what is this called? Beauty School Pilsner by Co-Brewed? Co-Owned by the Deftones? Oh. Made by Belching Beaver Brewery out of Oceanside, California. It is a modern take on a classic Pilsner style. This Beer takes the crisp and refreshing drinkability of a bright pilsner and packs in a dry hop regiment of tropical flavors and dank aromas that you will drive you wild. You'll be shooting for the stars after just one sip. None of those lyrics, except for Beauty School, remind me of a Deftones song. But, yeah, we'll see how it is. I kind of remember the Deftones. It's been a long time since I've heard them, but I remember them being good, I think. I like them a lot. Um... They have a lot of different song styles, though. Hmm. Then it's hard to say. They're kind of in that. They're, I would say they're like in that tool, like realm. Realm. Yeah. Maybe a little less like progressive than tool, but more like rocky. I don't no, know. I get you. Yeah. I kind of remember this them. Beer's good. Like I'm it. having myself a triptych. Oh, Christmas meme. Oh, Christmas meme. Oh, Christmas meme. You are a beer with spruce tips. Nice. Yeah, it's just dank meme, but it's got spruce tips. And so, so it tastes like a Christmas tree, which doesn't say, sound so that good, tastes, but it, it is. It tastes piney. Yeah, kind of. 
I mean, they make there's like teas that they make with like pine needles, right? That are really good. I think it's I don't know. surprising that it's good because you hear it and you're like, that's not going to be tasty, and then it is, and you're like, well, I'll be damned. I don't think trees taste that good, but they do. <laughs> if you want to eat your Christmas tree, then you would like this beer. <laughs> I gotta try it. Uh, can you send me some? Can I? I don't know. I got this a few weeks ago. They might probably don't even have it anymore. Yeah. Oh, and you're not. Oh, damn it. You're not local anymore either. Dude, when I get a trip to order now, I buy so much beer. I'm just mm-hmm. like, how many cases of beer can I buy? When you when you go or do they ship? They do not ship. Oh, my God. If they ship, the, I'd have a I'd have a problem. We should rally. <laughs> I would also have a problem. Dude, like I, I brought Dank Meme to Kevin Jones, which will get into why I was hanging out with Kevin Jones uh, later in the episode. But, uh, and he was like, this is the beer I've heard so much about. I was like, yeah, he liked it. That's awesome. Because it's, because it's dank meme. So. Oh yeah. Nothing not to like, but still. Right. It's uh surprising. When did you get it last? Or is it very old? I mean, right before I moved, I think I was down there for work. I mean, not like the, when I must've accepted the job. I don't remember. But yeah, I bought like so much triptych stuff. I bought um what's the the windmills one? Not giants, but windmills. Yeah, that one's so effing good. I oh saved that God. for a special occasion. I don't even remember what it is, but it's like double hopped IPA with milk sugar. It's a milkshake IPA. It's delicious. It's, yeah, it's yeah, phenomenal. It's so good. Yeah. And then just yeah, I bought I bought like whatever fits on one of those like cases, two yeah. levels. Oh wow, yeah. So <laughs> spent two like, cases technically. I spent like two hundred dollars on beer at Trip yeah, before I left. Yeah. I was like, I have to though. I'm not gonna be able to get it for a while. Dude, I'm only an hour and a half away and I still buy it like I'm never gonna see him again. <laughs> I mean, Crazy. I pretty much went to Triptych every time I was down in Champagne, so As you should. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just gonna be very, very, very rare. Ah, uh, Derek. I know. But anyway, enough sad. Let's talk about not sad things like Mike, would you do off-road related who me mm-hmm. let's see what do you want to talk about off-road related i haven't done anything off-road at all i don't even have a rig which if you've listened to any of the last many episodes you would know it's still it my fabricator's place what'd you say oh that <laughs> it got crushed yeah crushed i just don't have snow day anymore at all just I, you can't crush snow day it's too epic for that but anyway that's true Unless it's me. I can roll it over and over and over. I was going to say, then why does it need a roll cage? (laughs) That's why it can't be crushed. (laughs) Ah, I see. So anyway, uh, Snow Day's still MIA, but hopefully sometime this year I'll have it. There's been some issues, but, you know, no big deal. I'm not upset about it. Anyway, there's going to be a hangover run here pretty soon. Uh, Actually, in podcast time, it's almost Christmas right now, isn't it? Like only a few days away. Yes. Yeah, it's like real. Yeah, we're, close. we're recording. We're recording this pretty early, so it's like yeah, three days away, four days away. Wow. So hope every everybody has their Christmas shopping done. But um, right. Anyway, I uh, am planning to go to the Hangover Run at Badlands. It's uh, I think Saturday, Sunday, we on maybe some people are staying into Monday, which I might be one of those people because I don't like to drink and drive, but I do like to wheel and drink. So. I might ride shoddy with somebody basically is what I'm saying or hop around and then uh, do a little bit of wheeling. 
it's nice to just get fun. out there. Even if it's not in my rig, it's still nice to go do some wheeling. Sometimes it's fun to go in other people's rigs, especially if they drive fun. <laughs> you, I'm just going to hop in with a uh, Andy Myrtle and should be good to go. There you go. It's just like riding with Adam Barron, you know, just hammer down. <laughs> What's going to happen doesn't matter. Us. Do I have any mechanical? Is it called mechanical forgiveness? No. What's the word? Mechanical sympathy. 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 Yeah. Mechanical sympathy. Never heard of her. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, it's fun riding with just about anybody. It doesn't matter their style of wheeling, whether they're very technical or just hammer down. Everybody's style is, you know, unique and still fun to ride. I mean, unless they're just straight dangerous, then that's not that yeah. much fun. Yeah, but that's true. That's not fun. I don't want to like fly off a cliff at 70 miles an hour. because Somebody's like, woo. Fortunately, there aren't that many cliffs at the Badlands. Not that many cliffs. There are a few. There's a couple. Yeah. If you get up <laughs> on the like outer rim of the quarry, you could definitely yeah. get some air, good air off of the top of that thing. It could be a bad time. Mm-hmm. It had the potential to be a bad time. We've seen people try and climb those cliffs and have a bad time. Can't imagine just launching it off of the edge. Oh, some of the ones that are just so steep that it's just like almost impossible. I can't remember his name, but he's got, he had that like olive drab MJ on like 40s or 43s or something like that, that he was like climbing it and just was like, whoop, ka-tunk, all, all the way over backwards. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember, but I, maybe you were there. Kind of, I was there, right? I think I remember that. I think you were there. He crushed and a radiator and stuff, we didn't right? See it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We didn't see it yeah. happen. We just saw the aftermath. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Good times. <laughs> yeah, good times if it's not your rig. Yeah, good times if it, <laughs> Yeah, for not for that guy though. <laughs> um actually I I used to follow him. I haven't seen him much on the socials, which is why I can't remember the name. I'll pro- it'll come to me I think later, but I mean, there's a guy who's whose Instagram handle I think is MJ Crawl and it's not that guy, is it? I think that is it. I think you're right. You know what? I'm going to double check since he's always <laughs> on his phone. Somebody else has to do that. Yeah, I'm I <laughs> Not constantly on my phone, but I guess I could be if it would help the podcast flow. If I like stop talking for a minute straight and look at Instagram, does that help? Um, I don't is know. It is it helping? I don't know. I'm I'm doing <laughs> I'm it too kidding. though. I think I th- it, not everybody. Oh, so MJ Crawlin is friends with that guy. Oh, okay, but that's not the guy. It's just another guy with an MJ. Yeah, and he's on 43s. I think the one I'm thinking of is on 40s. Now that I look at this one, because these are 43s are huge on an MJ. Yeah, I'm not sure I know the guy you're talking about. I mean, I remember seeing the rig upside down and all messed up, but I don't know if I've ever followed the guy or know who it was. I feel so bad because, like, I talked to him for a while. Hopefully, he doesn't. Dang, you talk to a guy and you don't remember who he is? That's fine. Yeah. You can't remember everybody you talked to on the trail, Derek. I know. I feel like he's friends with MJ Crawlin. Maybe it's just because they both have MJs. Maybe I'm like scrolling through MJ. Spend the next 10 minutes looking for it and and not not talking talking to the listeners and then we'll be in good shape. And then they'll know his name and it won't matter. Okay, great. Um, So I'm going to do that. You (laughs) carry the podcast for the next 10 minutes. Goodbye. I'll just carry the podcast. (laughs) I'll just talk about all the off-roading I've done. All right, great. Go ahead. Uh, I'm doing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would oh, like to do some off roading. It'd be fun, but you know, alas, alas, what was me? It's fine. You will soon. Even I will, though you, I know, mean, you won't be driving, but you'll be everybody's rig and spotting and footing. Oh man, I don't want to do any spotting either. I just want to. Oh, I just well. want to chill. 
I don't, I don't want to help at all. I don't want to be of any use. I just (laughs) want to, you know, just be like, Hey, can I just like steal a seat and make your rig kind of heavier on the right side, but not actually do any work. And they'll be like, Oh yeah, Mike, that sounds great. And then they they hand me a beer. What? They just like, Hey, there's a tree after they hit it. And you're like, they're like, thanks. Yeah. That's the, that's the kind of spotter I am. I'm like, Hey, your rig is upside down. (laughs) They're like, Oh, okay. I didn't know. (laughs) Thanks for letting me know, Mike. <laughs> so much easier when it's not upside down. I am a real treat in the passenger I was, seat. I was wondering why it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why it wasn't <laughs> moving forward or running. Yeah, maybe I'll be like uh, Corey at the time that I rolled my truck, and I'll just reach over and like turn the ignition off, and I'll be like, "You're welcome." <laughs> <laughs> you should tell that story. I, I mean, I'm sure it's been told on the podcast before, but. People like to hear stories, and that's a good one. I mean, that's a, it's the only time I rolled my rig, so I guess that's kind of a fun story. I'm uh, at the Badlands in Snow Day. This is before the wheelbase is shortened, so it's still like it's full 145 inches of wheelbase or something with a little bit of stretch with the SAS. So it's very long, very full body. It's got a light bar on it, like an old school, like 90s, like police light bar, you know, like with the, the Lexan lenses and like the rotators and stuff. So anyway. I'm trying not to mess up my light bar. I'm in this off camber situation and I'm going further up the hill to try to avoid hitting a tree with the light bar. And the further I go, I'm like, man, it's starting to feel a little tippy. <laughs> and next thing you know, <laughs> the truck rolls over onto said tree, the tree I'm trying to avoid. Uh, thankfully, the uh, like a pillar in the windshield stopped me from going completely over. And, uh, you know, I'm not wearing a seatbelt because, you know, of course not. I do, by the way, uh, now. But anyway, I fall onto my passenger, who at the time is Corey Scarlet, and so the truck is like still running on its side, and I'm in his lap, and he reaches up and he turns the ignition <laughs> off, and I'm just like, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> and then you know we climbed out through the driver's window, and then you know we we got it figured out, pulled the spark plugs and whatnot, and shot the oil out, and it was it was good to go. But it was a it was a fun time. Hey, drove it home. I drove it home with a broken windshield and a crushed a pillar, crushed roof. It was. It was kind of hard to see because I only had like a little like one foot square that was like actually visible because the rest was spider. But uh, I made it. I made it home. Didn't get pulled over or anything. It was great. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. It was one of those it was one of those off camber situations where like I I don't know that going further up the hill to avoid the tree actually helped you because I think it just like it, it obviously it leaned you over more, but I think like it was leaning you over mo- more than getting you away from the tree like if you just hugged the tree and like maybe took a little tiny bit of body damage it would have been fine i don't I know it broke my light bar though by the way light bar unscathed so technically i did it you did it <laughs> i did it well the light good. bar is still it's like on a shelf in my shop right now i look at it every time i go out there i'm like yeah i got you <laughs> you it's should not the truck uh, anymore, but. Not you should but you you like got the you kicked the windshield out, put the cab back into shape with a high lift, right? Uh, the first time I didn't, actually. I, I This is really stupid. I bought a used windshield thinking, I'm going to go save some money. This is just a trail truck. Used windshield was like, I don't know, not quite 100 bucks, but like close enough to 100 bucks that you're like, I just spent 100 bucks. I thought that it has some smear marks from the wipers. Turned out they were scratches that mm. I couldn't get out. So I had this windshield put in. It was scratched to shit, and it leaked. Not the windshield's fault, but the roof was actually caved in a little further than it should have been. So anyway, I kicked that windshield out, which is actually very easy, despite the fact that I had a professional put that piece of glass in. 
Oops. Because the roof was so fucked. So I kicked that one shield out, went and got a new piece of glass from my glass guy. I was like, just bring me the glass and then like, I'll have you come back another day and put it in. So he brings me the glass. I set the glass in there and I just took my high lift against like the uh, trans tunnel and I jacked the roof up in several spots until it was the shape of the glass. You know, I kept taking the glass out, putting it in, taking it out, putting it in. Eventually I got it close enough where I was like, there's no way that a bead of silicone isn't going to seal this. So then I called my glass guy and I was like, double it up and shove her in there. And he did. And it's been leak free ever since. Nice. Yeah. That's sweet. But yeah, I hope that I never have to go through that. Although I do need a new windshield because when I welded my roll cage in, I totally like, I, I didn't realize that this happened with glass, but like the little sparks that normally like hit your, you know, your skin and like bounce off. Bounce and, off. Like, you know, you feel them, but they don't hurt. They etch the glass. They, em- they embed themselves in the fucking glass. Sorry. Yeah, it's bad. It's crazy. Like both window. of my side mirrors are like that because I had them folded in when mm-hmm. I did the roll cage because it was in my tiny garage at the time. And like I, I really did try and cover up the windshield because I knew that like, I mean, even if the sparks weren't an issue, like you know, I'm I'm test fitting tubes. Like if I yeah the glass the wrong way with a tube, like it could shatter it. So. Um, so I have like cardboard there, but they still make their way around. And so there's like a couple on the inside that are like really annoying. There's one like, right, just, it's not like right where I look to normally drive, but it's like just off to the side the right way. I'm like, Oh my God. So I just need to have like insurance, put in a new windshield or something, or just do it myself. It's not even expensive. It's like a couple hundred bucks to have a windshield put in a Chevy pickup. Yeah, you're probably right. I should just do that. Um, well, the good news is we, I mean, we have a lease signed for our house in Chicago. So now I'm not hemorrhaging a mortgage and rent. Oh, somebody's least, leasing at end, it. At the end of January, after the first month's rent goes to the property manager, we will finally be getting some extra money. <laughs> or you're leasing less, it for more than your mortgage is the, the moral story there. Yeah, I mean, it'll cover most of the mortgage, but right now we were paying a mortgage and rent. And so our savings is just like almost gone. We were like for a while there. <laughs> Dude, I like, really, we really need to rent this place. Like, don't, don't matter. Like we didn't expect it to take three months to rent. And unfortunately it did. And fortunately they signed a lease that's like 14 months or something. Like they move out in June. Um, and it's like, amidst great schools and it's just a bad time. Like no family wants to move their kids in the middle of the school year. Right. So if they're leaving in June in 2024, like we'll, you know, we'll put on the market in like May or whatever. And hopefully we'll find a family that's like, all right, you know, we're going to move in in between school years and yeah, it'll be easier to rent next go around. So fingers crossed. Um, But yeah, so far so good. I mean, they signed the lease. So technically they, they haven't paid the first month's rent because they haven't moved in yet, but uh, technically they are renting it. So, well, I just hope that you have to break that lease because you're coming back to me. I mean, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, Derek. I'm happy for you, but I'm also sad for me. I know, I know. Well, when does uh, when does I mean, I'm sure Elliot technically can go on a plane anytime. We took him on a plane recently. Oh yeah. We flew down to Florida for a weekend, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, well, not that bad. Are welcome to come and hang out with us. We got a guest bedroom. It's not very big, but it's enough for a, you know, it's baby. enough for two adults and an infant. Derek, yes, correct? Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 
the worst part about that uh going to florida wasn't actually the flying at all it was the fact that we were in like a hotel basically a hotel room with like a crib for him like a pack and play for him to sleep in but he cries himself mm-hmm. to sleep and so like and obviously if he sees you then he's like you know it's like much worse so i had to like patty one hung out with her family and I put him in this thing to go to sleep and I had to like turn off the lights and hide so he wouldn't see me <laughs> until he fell asleep. And then I could like do. Stuff. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was the worst. It was just the worst. Uh, but anyway, it's I fine. It. It's over. Having a kid is is really tough, but worth it. I bet. Uh, All right. My we got to We got to move on to something that's um. what's that thing that this podcast related? is about? Total podcast. Total. Well, we've totally been talking. We've we've totally podcasted. We have totally <laughs> podcasted. But uh, I did some off road things. Yes. Finally. Oh um, my gosh. I don't remember what I talked about the last time I was on here. It's been. I had to travel for work. Um. There was there was a lot going on. Um. So just a quick recap. Drove my truck out. From Chicago to California, I'm in Palo Alto now, um, working for Tesla, and I moved. I had I don't know. I I estimate seven to eight thousand pounds in this U-Haul trailer, and I'm sure that number goes up every time I tell the story by a little bit. It was fifteen thousand last time was, I heard it, but whatever. Well, the total the total probably was fifteen thousand <laughs> between the truck because the truck weighs eight k. Um. Anyway, I'm very close to Palo Alto. Crazy noise starts happening. I think it's a transfer case. Park the truck for like a month. Finally dig into it. It's a U-joint. I've never heard a U-joint make this sound for the record. Like, And I've also never seen this U-joint failure. One of the needles was like sticking through the like seal. Like like stuck in between the trunnion and the cap. Like falling out. But it, it got stuck while it was falling out. And then, of course, everything else inside the U-joint cap was just dust. Um, so, and then the, the the U-joint cap on the other side of the trunnion was perfectly normal, like fully greased. All of the wow. needle bearings were there. So, I don't know. What a weird failure. Um, probably installer error. <clears throat> <laughs> I wonder who, who did, did that. that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, so quick, easy fix. Um, the one thing that is weird... The transfer case still has this weird shutter, um, but it had that before I moved out here. I just don't know if I'm noticing it more or it's louder. Well, what do you Um, mean the transfer case has a shutter? So it's hard to describe, but when I'm at a certain RPM under a certain load, I hear this like, I don't know if that came through, but like a, I heard it, a shutter. Yeah. So that'll probably come through. Why do you think it's a transfer case? Cause it didn't do it when I had the old transfer case in there, but it's, it's done it since the doubler has been in. So I don't oh. know if it's the, I don't know if it's the low range box or if it's 205, 205s are gear driven cases. It's likely that it's the 205 and it just happens to be like a, a weird harmonic hmm. or something with the gear mesh. Maybe there's um, a lot of things spinning in like there. Yeah, there are. And so I don't know. And it's been like this for four years. So I just don't know if it's louder or not. That's the key. Eh, so, but probably nothing I changed, to worry about. I did change the oil on the transfer case. I mean, aside from like smelling like it had gotten kind of hot, it was fine. There was no like metal shavings in it or anything like that. So put some new AMS oil in it and good to go. Put new seals on it too while I was in there. 
Do you lube uh, everything together with a doubler like that, or do you lube them separately? Like, do they have two different fills, two different drains, or what? So my low-range box is... So you can do it two ways. So it's an eco box. Um, NWF says put in like a tiny bit less than a pint into it if you just run it as a sealed thing by itself of gear oil. But I had talked to them in advance because I was like, you know, they recommend changing the oil on the low range box every oil change. I'm like, we could because it's so little, right? Um, and I was like, that's kind of a bummer. Um, I don't have to change my transfer case that often. Um, so I talked to them and they're like, or maybe I didn't talk to them. I heard of somebody doing this where they teed into their transmission cooler line, ran an extra hose back to the eco box. And then you pull the front input seal out of the eco box. So the fluid can flow back into the transmission. And so basically it's lubed with the transmission. The eco box is behind the transfer case, right? The eco box is in front of the transfer case. Oh, it's between in front the transfer of, okay. case and the transmission. So it's bolted directly to the transmission tail shaft and four wheel drive. Well, no, all transmissions have a, well, I don't know about all, all 4L and 4L80 and 4L60 transmissions have a return port uh, for fluid. Um, as if it were a two wheel drive that has mm-hmm. like an oil sprayer onto the slip yoke. Um, and even the four wheel drives, they block the oil sprayer, but the return port is still there. So all of the fluid that's in the eco box can flow back into the transfer case. The only caveat to that is that I also have, so there's a T on the return line from the transmission cooler. One of the T's obviously goes into the transmission normally. And then the other goes back to the eco box. I have an orifice on the eco box so that it's not just like so much fluid going into the eco box. Um, I added that at the recommendation of Christopher Bowman, who's a transmission guy. Um, he's also got a square body on 54s. He was in, that was in top torque challenge way back in the day. Um, but anyway, he recommended like orificing it so that like most of the fluid goes into the transmission and you just get kind of like a, a constant slow churn of ATF into the eco box. Cause it doesn't really need it for like cooling. It just needs it for, you know, that slow churn, like constantly replacing it. So, Hmm. So when you say an orifice, a, do you literally mean you drill a hole? I mean, well, there was nothing to drill a hole in. So I went on McMaster and bought like this like NPT male to female inline orifice. And yeah, you could drill it bigger, but you can order whatever size you want. So I ordered one that was like roughly 50 thousandths hmm. in diameter. So real small. And based on, I, I did, I <laughs> here's the engineer in me coming out. I did the math and like, Based on my rough estimations, the eco box cycles fluid like every five to ten minutes. Like it's wow, yeah. So or like it, enough fluid goes into it that it fills up in five five to ten minutes. And then so when you do change the fluid, the transmission fluid, you'd also drain the eco box, and you'd probably also fill both of them, right? Because if you filled your transmission that the small amount that would get into the eco box is not going to like pour in there. It's going to like trickle in. Right. I would leave the fluid in the eco box and change the transmission. Cause like the eco box takes like, well with the input seal removed, it's like a little over half a pint and the transition takes like 13.7 quarts or something like that. So like, that makes sense. If, I, if I'm missing a half a pint, like whatever. No, no, it's, no. it's diluted enough it in that there. it's new. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
That's um, interesting. And the 205 is just a normal 205. It's gear oil separated from everything else. 205. I, uh, don't you just run a 205 and whatever you want? Anything from 530 <laughs> to 8090? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I've been running it on Amsoil 75110, and it's been working pretty well. So. Just think, Derek, if you change to 5W30, your fuel mileage would increase significantly. I thought about it. <laughs> I'll bet or you ATF did. Or <laughs> ATF or something like that, because that's like 30 weight roughly. Um, GM offered the 205 for the later years because they had synchros in them with ATF. What? Synchros? Yeah. That's weird. There was a 205, a late GM 205 that had shift on the fly for like, I think from 88 to 91. And only in certain vehicles, of course. They're hard to find. And they're not really desirable because... And well, because the range sucks too, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's the same as a 205. Like the gears are the same as a 205. They just have added synchros onto the selectors or the forks. Well, I mean, the only reason a 205 is desirable is in the doubler setup because otherwise... Yep. The range sucks. I mean, there are people that run them, but yeah, I mean, you also need super low axle gears. Um, is it 2.5? So or is two, it 2? It's 1.96 to 1, technically. Oh my God, it's so bad. Mm-hmm. It's real terrible. Yeah, yeah, real terrible. Um, but interestingly, so one of the guys that went off-roading with last weekend has, he's got a 2500 HD GMT 800, so a 9906 uh, Silverado. Um, with the 4L80, so same transition that I have um, in my truck, but he only has a 205. And to get the low range that he, I mean, that's acceptable for him, he's got 538 gears on 37s. This is a truck he wheels, not like a tow rig or something. Yeah, it's a truck he wheels. I mean, he drives it everywhere to wheel it, but yeah, okay. it, it's a wheeling rig, kind of like mine. Um, but that would, oh, that would be, I mean, he's at like 3,200 RPM at, or 3,300 RPM at 80 miles an hour. So, like, that's not great on the road. And that's oh, four no. speed. That's a four speed. That's insane. Well, I guess, yeah, with right. 538s. Even with big tires. Yeah, yeah, that would do it. Yeah. Sounds I like mean, driving they're, snow they're, day on the interstate. Terrible. Pretty much. But you have a slightly better low range than he, so. Slight. Anyway. Why did we get, we got on a technical tangent. Oh, no, not that. So I went off roading. Uh, hey. <laughs> um, so we started talking about U joints. The U joint is fixed. Put new fluid in the transfer case. The only other thing that was a wrench in those gears is that I parked it after doing some test drives after replacing the U joint, and there was a puddle of coolant on the driveway when I got back, and I found a leak in my fancy schmancy two row aluminum radiator that I've had for a little over two years. Um, oh, so no. that was really annoying, um, cause that was not a cheap radiator and it was just set of warranty. Well, it was, I think it was a year warranty, but whatever. Um, so I like went back and forth. I'm like, oh, I can, they don't make the two row anymore. I can go with a three row, which is like crazy. Um, and it Your was truck like, and never even get up nine, to temperature. <laughs> yeah. Nine, <laughs> yeah. If it didn't have a thermostat, it would be always at ambient temperature. Um, but it was like $900. Oh my God. Or I could go with a single row aluminum, which I just proved failed in two and a half years. So I just bought a GM single row replacement from like a three quarter ton truck. There you go. Um, the problem was that I went out of town for work last week. So I had to like change it like Friday night and leave Saturday morning. Um, and it worked all, all was well. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, a little bit of a rush, a rush job. Um, 
Did it fit perfectly? Uh, like, I know you went with an aftermarket radiator, you went back to stock. There was no equipment issue going from one to the other. No, the aftermarket one fit really well. Um, you could tell that it was like welded up on a jig. So like the holes were in the right spot, but it was like, you know, like the GM one's got like plastic tanks that are like crimped onto the aluminum, yep. you know, radiator section, like most radiators are. Mm-hmm. And so like all of these like fancy, like, you know, plastic molded features that like follow the contours of the core support and all that stuff that the aluminum one didn't have. It worked, but it just, it looked clunkier. It looked like it was aftermarket. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I bought a GM part number replacement. It should hopefully last a long time. Um, it did have some messed up fins from shipping, but that's always going to happen, dude. There's no getting around. Well, like, like, a somebody dropped something on the box and it like, Oh, it like knocked out a few fins, but the, did you get your radiator fins straightener out and fix it? (laughs) No, you know, they make those those. though, right? It's like an old Mm -hmm. school tool. They're actually really terrible. Like it looked like in concept, it's like, Oh, this is just going to fix it. But I've used one and it's like, Oh, this is just trash. It's kind of like bending them worse or like breaking them. Like it's just kind of bad. I remember you telling me about those. It may have been at like the Jambo that we actually saw one. I was like, what the hell is this comb? And you're like, it's a radiator fin stretcher or straightener stretcher. <laughs> they suck. Um, I've never seen someone use one successfully is the moral of the story there. So what I used, I used just a flathead screwdriver to try and straighten them out. And the same thing happened where it was just like making it so much worse. Um, but because there was like, it wasn't a chunk missing, but it like really folded them over and like compressed them together. I just kind of like scooped them out a little bit. Um, so there's like a one inch section that's not going to cool very well. It'll be fine. Damn. Um, and I, oh, and I got this radiator discounted, um, cause I called Amazon and I was like, well, I don't have a choice, but to put this in, what can you do for me? And they're like half off. I'm like, perfect. So that was nice. Uh, so then, so this was full size invasion. Um, one of the now many, so it used to be full size invasion was the full size invasion of Easter Jeep Safari. Once a year at Moab in the last year or two, they've kind of branched out to other locations. Um, and, uh, Jared Jones, who kind of runs the show there, uh, full size invasion. I mean, um, he lives up in, I think Washington area, up, up in the Pacific Northwest. And so he was like, let's do a Pismo run. Um, and it was a toys for tots thing. So we all brought toys with us, um, you know, to participate. And, um, so it was at Pismo dunes or Oce- Oceano dunes in Pismo beach, California. And it was dunes. Um, I went not expecting to do like much wheeling, but mostly just to hang out with people. Um, but I'm also me and I see people doing fun dune things and I'm like me too. So I went on the dunes. Derek says, um, how much air can I get in my 8,000 pound truck? <laughs> Cause that's what dunes are for, right? Derek, just for getting some, air, some air <laughs> by accident. He's like, um, I wonder I, if by accident, if I go 50 miles an hour up this hill, what will happen on the other side? Fortunate. No, it's actually, <laughs> so it was an interesting story. Cause it was going down that I got air. Oh God. Yeah, it was weird. Um, Actually, it reminds me of a time that you got air in snow day and I was driving next to you and I got to watch it. I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, where there were some... So anyway, so we get to the dunes. The weather is really quite terrible. Um, 
not what? just by California standards. It was like 40 degrees and raining and what? really windy. Maybe, sounds, maybe 45. Still raining and 40 in California? So it's always windy at the dunes because how did the dunes get created? Right. Um, but the rain was unique. Everybody was like, this is so... Um, hung out with Kevin Jones because he lives in Pismo or near Pismo. Um, and um, he was like, this is like a really bad storm. Like the power went out because like, you know, when trees are just chilling with no wind or rain for like a whole year, like the dead, the deadfall doesn't fall off. And then when a bad storm comes, all the deadfall falls. So like some tree fell over and knocked over the power lines and they took out their power. So, Damn. Um, you know, for me, I'm like, oh, this is like a Chicago storm. I'm used to it. But like, like it's it's kind of like when it snows in the south, like they're not really prepared for it because it doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty miserable. But we, you know, we hung out for a while and then we went back. So so Esteban Solano, he's the one with that three quarter ton truck with the 205 and uh, 37s. It's a pretty leaf sprung similar to mine. Um, is as much cleaner than mine. Um, he didn't chop it up and destroy it. He put vinyl on it and he's kept it very clean, but he wheels it hard too. Does he um, wheel so he only was, in the dunes though? Is that why it's so clean? No, he wheels, he took it on Rubicon a couple of times. He's taken it to most of the full, most, if not all of the full size invasions in Moab. So, I mean, it's not as tightly treed as Midwest wheeling out here. I've mm-hmm. found, but it, but Rubicon's, there's some tight spots. There's some squeezy spots. So he's a good driver. He's been doing it for a long time. Um, but yeah. Um, so he's the one that invited me. He's cool. I've known him for a number of years. Um, and, um, so I hung out with him after we were like, this weather sucks. Like, let's go tomorrow. Like I had planned to stay the night. Um, and then, you know, come back the next day and at least say hi to everybody and then head out. Um, but since the weather was so bad, I was like, well, I'll at least do some dunes the next day. So like we, we drove around a little bit and ultimately we were like, this weather sucks. Like, let's go hang out. Some people were camping on the dunes. Um, so we like hung out by their trailer for a while and then we we're like, all right, this is miserable. Like we're going to go get dinner and, and, uh, maybe come back tonight if the weather breaks and it didn't break. And they were all, we got back the next morning they're like, yeah, we pretty much hung out in our trailers the whole night cause it was so bad. And we're like, okay, we didn't miss much. Yeah. Oh, um, shit. Sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, and so hung out with Esteban for a while, but I texted Kevin who was there that day and I was like, I want to come see the race car. So, um, he was like, yeah, come over. Um, Chris Jaggers, who is part of the reckless rent, one of the two Chris's on the reckless wrench garage, uh, team, we'll call it podcast and shenanigan havers. Um, <laughs> He was staying with Kevin because um, he's actually moving to. Damn it. I forgot the name of the town. It's like halfway between here and Sacramento. Um, there's an Air Force Base. David. No, not Davis. Davis? Travis Air Force Base near Davis. I believe Davis. you. Yeah, yeah. Somebody from California knows what I'm talking about. It's a movie. Ah, doesn't matter. So he was staying with Kevin. And I was like, all right, let's go hang out. Um, I want to come see the race car. Got to hang out with Kevin Jones for a while. Looked at the race car. It's awesome. Um, he also gave us some really tasty whiskey from um, his sponsor, uh, Rod and Hammer. Rod and Hammer? Rod and Hammer. 
Sounds right. <laughs> Car Ramrod. Car Ramrod. Yep, that's it. Um, uh, Ultra Four Jones is his Instagram name for those that don't know. Um, um, and then uh, Chris Jaggers is C72C. Um, he's got a square body suburban. And that's not a glitch. That is stubby suburban contracted together. Um, on 42s, it's pretty sweet too. Um, he's also frequents the full size invasion events. Um, but yeah. So I ended up staying with Kevin cause the weather was bad and I'd had some whiskey, um, <laughs> instead of going back to Esteban's place. Um, and yeah, it was a really good night. Went back the next day, did real doing things cause the sun was out. It was still windy, but not raining. Um, but yeah, I went down the first like steep descent because like the way dunes at least the way they are at pismo i don't know if they're all like this but like they have like this smooth up facing the ocean and then like usually there's a pretty steep fall off so the wind like blows away from the ocean inland and it creates this like i don't know what you call it but like i know what you mean like the sand like it's constantly falling on the other side creates a smooth like yeah exactly that's exactly right so I go, I like start, my front tires start to go down. I'm like, oh, it's pretty steep. So I'm like, all right, well, at least let's keep the tires moving. So I like give it some gas so that like if, if, you know, it's like in snow, like you want to be able to steer, right? Of course. Um, and so I like give it some gas and we get to the bottom and there's these whoops, but I couldn't see them because the sun was like, actually, this might've been on Saturday. This is on Saturday. So there was like no depth of like no depth perception because it was such such a foggy, gloomy day. You couldn't see the whoops at the bottom. So there were like two whoops. So I went, went over the first one. And then as I'm coming up that one, I hit the brakes and it like launches the front of the truck down. And it like, I mean, I could feel it hit the bump stops and like immediately just bounce back off of the bump stops. So like, and then I'm like, it's like when you double jump somebody on a trampoline, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so there's like, you can look, well, not you couldn't look, but, one of the guys with us was like, yeah, I looked at your tire tracks and there's like a pretty big gap between treads. I was like, oh, fuck. That's wonderful. Everything was fine except for I had the dogs with me and one of them like face planted on the dash and oh, no. was freaked out. So the next day I, uh, I like, put in, put their beds like in a little bit more secure position um, in the front seats. But yeah, dunes are cool, man. Um, I get why people build like pre-runners, like there were, there were some areas where it was like really smooth. Like there hadn't been very many vehicles. And so like, it's just, there's no ruts. There's no like whoops or anything like that. Like once you get further away from like the entrance. Um, and so we were hitting like 35, 40 miles an hour when I could tell that it was smooth. And especially when there was somebody in front of me that I could tell was like, not we right. off. <laughs> I mean, I totally I like, get it. Why somebody would enjoy fun. the dunes. It's just, and living in an area where they're not available. It's like who builds one of those? And it's like someone lives in California or someone lives by a coast yeah. in general, right? Like, I mean, yeah, there's, there's Pismo and then Glamis. I don't know how far Glamis is from here, but those are both big, like dunes places. I mean, honestly, if I was going to build a pre runnery vehicle, I would probably build it in like Nevada where there's a ton of like public land. Um, cause I was talking to, Oh man, I forgot his name too. He's one of Harry Wagner's friends um, that I just ran into when we when I was driving to California from Chicago. I stopped in um, Elko, Nevada, and he was like, 
I was getting coffee and he's like, I was like scrolling through Instagram, of course. And he's like, is this you? Cause he must've seen my truck outside. And I was like, yeah, that is me. Like pulled up my Instagram. I was like, holy shit, that's weird. Um, and, uh, I think it's Nevada envy, envy Wiggins is his name. So I forget his name. Well, Wiggins, I think is his last name, but he's a cool guy, but he's got like a Toyota, um, like forerunner and some other rigs, like an old Ford. Um, but yeah, he's like, we pretty much just build go fast stuff out here. Cause there's not like a whole lot of rock crawling, but there's tons of just like open land. So I don't know. Sand dunes rail. are cool. Yeah. Sand rail dunes are cool. I, it's one of those things where like, I probably won't go back unless I know a bunch of people that are going back just to hang out with people and like screw around on the dunes a little bit, but it was a lot of fun. When you build a rock crawler, I can imagine the dunes are not your, uh, your, uh, prime territory. It was so funny. Cause most of the vehicles there were like Moab built rigs, rock crawling rigs. Oh really? Um, some of them had like, my truck is especially bad cause it has like three inches of up travel. Um, many of them had more up travel than that. Like they had link suspensions and, and whatnot. So they could handle a little bit more than mine. Um, and they don't weigh a thousand pounds or whatever. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but they, I don't, I think they all weighed over 6,500. They're all full sizes. So. so it was, it was a full size invasion event. Was there anything there that was made for said dunes? Hmm. Was there like even one ray that was like flying and landing all pillowy? Like, Ooh, no, that would have been awesome. The, um, full period size. It's a, he's got a, Square body Chevy on actually it ended up being like Chevy invasion. Cause I think every single rig was a Chevy, not even a GM. They were all Chevys except for Kevin Jones's sidekick, um, which is a Chevy too, right? A sidekick. That's not at all yeah. full sized. Well, whatever. <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> full size invasion doesn't, uh, they don't, I mean, if you're cool, like you can come with a not full size. Uh, boo full-size invasion boo jeeps jeeps are a lot harder to get on full-size invasion i don't know that there's been many of those except for full-size jeeps so you can bring like a jeep Uh, commander there isn't that the only like what is a full-size jeep well like um i don't know then i don't know know either name (laughs) i don't know anything about jeeps Full size Jeep. They're old. They're old. This kind. Oh yeah, like a Wagoneer. Is that a full size? Yeah, Jeep? Wag- Yeah, I think so. SJ platform. I guess technically the new Grand Wagoneer is a full size. I think when I said Jeep Commander, I was thinking of a Grand Wagoneer. Maybe those are. I don't know. I don't know anything about Jeeps. I'm sure people Jeep people right now are like. I know things. Well, tell us. Yeah. Go on the show register yeah, page and tell us what a full size Jeep is. And we don't fucking know anything yeah. about Jeeps. Steve's not here yeah. to school us on Jeep things. So we just have to wing it. I don't it. even know if Steve would know the answer to this question. He might. He's, he's been a Jeep guy for a long he time. Might. You'd That's probably true. know he the might. answer. Um, I, I mean, a gladiator is damn near a full size. It's got like 140 something inch wheelbase damn that's a 138 138 maybe but then like everybody puts like a teraflex or whatever suspension mm-hmm. on him and it stretches it to like in the 140s um 
yeah, it was a good, it was a good trip. It was nice to put some miles on the truck that weren't with a trailer behind them. Um, I'm sure. It was like three hour, three and a half hour drive, uh, you know, down the, not really on the coast, but like through California, which there are areas that are just kind of like, they're flat, but they're surrounded by mountains. So they're like, they're valleys and they're just flat and there's like fields of, I don't even know what, cause it's winter, but, um, but then there's mountains. So it's, but it's always- pretty. Yeah. yeah. It's not like driving in the Midwest. There's just cornfields in the winter. There's literally nothing for sure. It was interesting because driving down there, it was in that storm. So it was foggy, it was raining, and we've had a lot of rain. Apparently, we've had like so much rain for California. Like, I, I, don't, I have no idea. I have no frame of reference, but like a lot of rain um, this early in the winter season for California. So there's like a lot of green, which wasn't here when I got here. Hmm. It was all brown. And so there was a section of the road that I swear to God looked like Ireland. Like it was foggy. There was you know, green with like, you know, some fields. And then it went up into the mountains, just like what I'd seen in Ireland. It was pretty neat. That sounds nice. Yeah. So, so what, uh, rain in California, that's like unseasonably a lot. Is that like once a month it rains or something? Dude, it rained like for like, I mean, not every single day it wasn't like pouring, but it was like raining, drizzling, foggy, raining, drizzling, foggy, foggy for like a week. And then this particular storm that I was dealing with on Saturday, I know some people up in Lake Tahoe, they got like feet of snow, like many feet, Hmm. like three or four feet. Um, And so a lot of people actually got stranded there because they couldn't get back over the mountains to come back to California. So like people that were visiting. Is that a particularly Um, large amount of snow for them? I don't know what they would normally get. I mean, I think they get, it depends on if it's a drought or not. I think, no, that's a lot of snow in one day. Well, it's I a guess. lot of snow for anybody. I'm just saying, I don't know the area. Yeah. I think it was unseasonable amount of snow for them. I remember, so Harry Wagner lives up there in Reno and I keep telling him like, I, I need to get up there and do some snow wheeling with you. And he's like, come on up, <laughs> you know, whenever I was like, okay. Um, he said that was like the best snow wheeling they've ever had or that he's, uh, that he remembers up there. This recent one with the tons of it. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, because I don't think they normally get that much depth. Like they had to like literally float on top of the snow, I think, to to wheel. Well, that's what I mean. It's so much snow, you would think it would be unwheelable. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, at some point, you just have to f- air down enough that you're just you're not digging down into the snow and just do that like thing. Except, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. Crazy. I don't know anything about snow wheeling and I'm hoping to learn this winter. <laughs> Not enough that like when we say snow wheeling, we're like, it has snowed and we are wheeling. But to yeah. think about wheeling where you're actually on top of snow the whole time, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I think that would be, I mean, that's, that's something I've always wanted to do, but like, I don't even know. Michigan is like touch and go at that, right? Like mm-hmm. you'd have to not plan a trip. You'd have to like drive up there when there's a snowstorm coming in the snowstorm from you know, Indiana or Chicago or whatever mm-hmm. to do it. And so like you have to time it with the snow, but up, like, up, up at 6,000 feet or whatever, 7,000 feet that Tahoe is like it, it'll snow and it'll stick around for a while and then you can wheel in it. So it's crazy to think about that. You're like, I'm going to load up my shit and drive purposefully into a storm that may strand me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. I mean, there's ways 
around, but they're like way around and there's no guarantee that they're uh, the way around. So like we went, we went to Tahoe and Emily's Honda fit two weekends ago and it was, we were like, well, we might ski. We might just like be cozy in a, in a cabin with some friends and um, you have to put chains on. I, I've never owned a set of chains in my life. Like I've, I've driven it. I drove in snow all the time in Chicago um, or champagne or whatever, but it's flat. You pretty much get going and stop at the same, you know, whether you're, I mean, it helps to have four wheel drive, but in reality, like if the roads are kind of taken care of, you can get around in a two wheel drive, front wheel drive. Yeah. It's not the end of the world, but to go over the mountain, like California legally, you have to have chains if you're not four wheel drive with, like mud and snow rated tires in certain conditions. So question, why did you take the fit and not your big ass four wheel drive truck? Cause it had a leaking radiator. Oh no. <laughs> um, also like, Oh, we were carpooling with people and it only has two seats and gotcha. we were taking the dogs. Um, oh yeah. I could see that being an issue. Yeah. And it was obviously going to be like four times as much in gas, which well, out I mean, here is not nothing. <laughs> no, for sure. $6 a gallon. So, um, yeah, the Honda worked great. The chains are amazing. Did you just pick um, them up locally or did you have to buy them online or what? Just bought on Amazon. Yeah. Hmm. You just buy them for your tire size. The one thing that happened, and I'm sure this is because I bought like the cheapest chains I could, <laughs> is one of the like, the chain didn't come apart. It was the like, the cross, oh. the one that goes over the tread snapped. So it was like, ting, 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 ding. But I bought four and you only need them on the drive tires. Or I bought two pairs. So I just swapped it out for one of the extra ones that we have. And now I'll just cut it out. That one chain link that's busted. Do you think you would have made it without them? Absolutely not. No, really? Crazy. Only only because of the inclines. Oh, so yeah, like, yeah. When you try and go in a, in a front-wheel drive car up an incline, if you stop. I guess, like, if I could maintain momentum... I probably would have made it, but like, there's no guarantees, right? Obviously, like, sometimes you just have to stop. You, obviously, you have to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, so I get why chains are important. Um, so your first yeah. experience with snow chains, your forum, they work. They're cool. I'm, oh, there is not a snow chain in the world. I think that's easy to put on. I think you just get used to the, like the worst design ever because they're made to fit like multiple tire sizes yeah exactly and, like, i get it like there's no point in making like bespoke snow chains for every single tire size that would be ridiculous mm-hmm. um so my recommendation for those who also haven't ever used snow chains before and want to do a dry fit <laughs> i like drape them over the tire to like i'm like yeah those look like they'll fit and so like we get up there and they're like chains required so we pull off and like me and this this other guy who's also a Chicago transplant by like hmm. a couple years ago. He was like, yeah, we've put on snow chains before, but like every car is different. And so we're like trying to figure out how to get these to work. And like, these are just barely too small or barely big enough, I guess. And so we're like trying to figure it out. And the instructions are terrible because they're like translated from Chinese mm. or Amazon, you know? Yep. Um, but one of the other people that we were staying with didn't bring chains bad move and on the way back like definitely needed chains on the way up it was like eh he came up earlier than we did so like there was less snow on the ground um but on the way back he was like I definitely need chains like we couldn't get out of the driveway without them wow and so he went like locally and just bought some 
and they were supposed to be like these fancy chains that are like they're kind of like I don't know how to describe they're like barbed wire but not nearly as sharp yeah so instead of chains going across the tread it's like twisted mm-hmm. wire I don't know how else to describe it but and they work I think I've seen what you're talking about those were even figuring out how to install those was like arguably harder than just like chain link chains so I don't know Technically, suck, the truck does never work. need chains, but I kind of want to buy like a set of 40 inch chains <laughs> just for fun <laughs> of it. Just don't get the cheapest Amazon ones you can. Yeah, that's the thing. I think chains for a 40 inch tire, they're basically semi truck chains. Yeah, they would be at that have point. Like 40 inch tires. Um, I'm sure they're not cheap at all. They're probably 100 bucks each or something. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so I guess there's two off road experiences. Well, Still on road in the Honda, but chains required. But so. if there's snow between you and the road, then aren't you technically oh. off road? I you're hovering above the road, basically. Yeah, you're off the road. Yeah, you went yeah. off road in your Honda Fit. You've done more off roading in a Honda Fit than I have <laughs> in my full blown trail rig this year. Uh, I don't that's, not that. that's not true. That's not true. I did core, go wheeling yeah. once. I forgot about that. Yeah, you went you went wheeling earlier in the year too, right? Maybe really early in the year. I can't remember. Yeah, I feel like you and I went in January. You may be right about that. Because I also haven't done any wheeling since then. Oh, damn. um, Because I didn't go on core. Um, And work was crazy. And then we were moving. And so this was like my first off-road deal. Um, Before I go snow wheeling, I do. So I have beadlocks. But... Already once at the Badlands, the inner bead burped enough to like deflate the tire completely. And it was easy to fix. We just aired it back up. Um, once like we got off of the obstacle that I was stuck on. But I know that at snow wheeling, you need like two PSI, four PSI or something like that. Something really low. So before I go snow wheeling, I want to try and make that inner bead seat better. And one of the ways to do that is to take the tire off, wrap it in gorilla tape mm-hmm. to like, I make knew the you were going to say bead. that I was about to say it. Yeah. Make the safety be bigger basically. Mm-hmm. So you like wrap a few layers where the gorilla tape, it kind of ends at the peak of the safety bead. And then you put like a layer inside of that so that when the tire goes on, it doesn't peel the gorilla tape back. See, I kind of figured you would go directly over the safety bead because like by the time the tire got to the safety bead, it'd be past the edge of the gorilla tape and wouldn't want to tear it off. The other way. So the so if this is the rim edge and the safety bead is here, you would put your gorilla tape here and then stack it up to make the safety bead taller so that towards the inside of the wheel or towards the edge of the wheel there's a bigger hump for the tire to come back over. I just meant I'd go like right over the center of it. So it was kind of like this. Hmm. Like I think then you got to make safe. sure that it can like fully seat though. Oh right? yeah. I guess that's true too. I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll take pictures of it and post it on the trail riders so people can see what I did. Yeah. I did um, definitely lose an inner bead a few times once because it got dirty. Like it just somehow like some mud or some dirt got in there and I kept losing it over and over. I think it was mm-hmm. at the Badlands. Thankfully, somebody had an air compressor on board, so I just kept refilling it all day. But eventually I took it home and cleaned it. It's <laughs> been fine ever since. You need to get an airboard. Airboard. 
Airboard. Onboard, onboard air compressor. Oh, yes, I do. Definitely. It's one of those things, you know, it's on the list. But I, well, the trick is just always wheel with somebody that has one. Like, even when we went to uh, the core, same, actually, same air compressor, Dave Hansen. I was like, Dave, can I use your compressor again? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he Mike, every time they go off road, use my compressor. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Do you have the Morphlate one or is it, what does he got? He's got the knockoff one. He's got the, like the Napa, oh, the orange, Napa the orange one, one that was yeah, like yeah. Jeep and it was basically like that. It get it gets so hot you can't touch it, but boy does it inflate tires fast. Oh god. I mean that's how my Vi so I had a I had a Vi Air four fifty P, which I thought was like the best of the best because it's the biggest number, and it turns out that it's yeah, it's great at 150 PSI, but it's not that fast at 30 PSI. Yeah. So then I bought a 440p, which I think are discontinued, but I happened to find one on Amazon. And it's like twice as fast. Damn. So it's like 12 minutes to air up all 40s, which is okay. But looking at the numbers, the Morphlate one should be twice as fast as that. So six minutes to air up 440s, which is oh, I would pretty good. Love to get one of those Morphlate compressors. Hell, I'd love to have just like a Morphlate in general. Like, cause I also end up borrowing one of those. Actually, I think he did have a Morphlate, uh, you know, one of the snake things. I don't know if it was a genuine yeah, yeah. one or not, but regardless, like that sure does make your life a lot easier. The trick yeah, there was that now. we were, oh, sorry, we were driving no, no, to ahead. the event, or at least I drove to the second property, or there's a lot of people trailer mm-hmm. the rig, so I had to air up, otherwise I could just throw it on the trailer and be done. How far was it? You know, the they property. said that it was like, they were like, oh, it's just a few miles down the road. No, it was like a half an hour drive, and I was like, doing oh, that in a trail rig? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I've driven half an hour on... At 8 PSI. I mean, as long as the tires aren't getting hot. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, guess technically you're going to wear the outsides of the treads a little bit faster, but even 20 miles is nothing in the scheme of things, right? I don't know. I didn't want to do it. I got it up to 20-ish. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It is funny. Like, when we were at Pismo, like, I was planning on going back to the dunes the next day, so I didn't air up when I drove to Kevin Jones's place, which was like... 12 minutes away but it's funny like turn the wheel and it's like uh oh now we're gonna turn oh it's soft it's It's real soft (laughs) so much sidewall flex it's unbelievable it is nice to have a rig that you can do that with that that you are capable of driving it's like hey we're gonna go to this other property half an hour away i'm like cool just drive whereas everyone's like right i'm gonna load her up and i'm like haha it's way fun to drive and you know this exclusively you know this it is way yeah. <laughs> more fun to drive your rig to the trail and wheel it and drive home. It's a little more sketchy. I love it so much. But it is so much fun. There's nothing like driving your trail rig on the street. It is definitely a little bit sketchier. You always have to, you always have the the risk of damage yeah. in the back of your mind. But I don't know. And uh, on the other hand, like that kind of makes you have a little bit more mechanical sympathy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of sidewall flex. Mickey Thompson, 42 radial for a 17 inch wheel came out, or at least was like released to the public. I heard you say everything SEMA. except for what tire it is. Mickey Thompson, Baja Boss. Baja Boss. That's what you have. The ones I have, the ones I have now. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm smiling from ear to ear. I can't wait to like. For my, now I got to make my forties wear out faster. So I have an excuse to buy them. <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, those bosses, also, I need to wait. Have you rebalanced those at all since ever? 
No, not once. Seriously. How many miles do you not put once. on those tires? Close to 20,000, I think. Good Lord, 20,000 miles. Yeah, I think over... Tw- Hold on. I want to say put them on at like 180 something, like 183, 184, and I'm at 202, 203 right now. So close to 20,000. Good Lord. And you've never rebalanced them. Nope. And they're and still smooth? Like on the, obviously you drove in the industry, you drove all the way to California. How was it? It's a tiny bit of vibration at certain speeds, but like it's a truck on 40s. And I'm no, I mean, obviously a truck on 40s isn't going to be perfect, but I mean, that's crazy that you've never rebalanced them and they're still good i mean that's i don't know a testament to the, the tire i guess the one th- yeah and uh, the, the part that blows my mind is that i'm pretty sure the pro comps that i bought from you which had 600 miles on them when i got them so mm-hmm. basically new lasted about twenty thousand miles and they were really low i mean the, the baja bosses don't have a ton of tread left but i'm not yet at the point of like oh i need to replace these. they're not dangerous it's affecting my yeah well definitely not dangerous and i wouldn't even say that they're affecting like my off-road traction unless wow. it's like deep mud um i haven't noticed at least but the one thing and this is my fault driving back from harlan that one time with the three degrees of toe in or whatever like really messed up like the, the outsides are worn a lot more than the insides mm-hmm. and i know that the tires say mount this side out but I'm like, what if I just flip them when I do the safety bead gorilla taping? That's uh, kind of a good idea. Just do it the same on I mean, the axle that you're doing it on. Unless you're doing all four, I guess you could. Oh, no, I do all four. Yeah, I would do all four. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be fine. I mean, I'm sure it's for the siping, like the way that it like disperses water will just be backwards. Mm. So maybe it would affect your wet weather performance. Other than that, I don't think it would do anything. They're not really a directional tire, though. I mean, oh, but they're they could be outside and inside directional. Yeah, some tires like, are outside like inside, yeah, but the they're saving. not directional. They're just like the mm-hmm. way that the tread mm-hmm. pattern is spaced is different inside to outside. Yeah, actually, if they were directional, they wouldn't be able to have an outside only because of course, because then, then one side would be inside, left side and right side tire. Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be so annoying. Precisely, yeah, that makes sense. I think I'll do that because why not? Fuck it, why not? I'll have to have them rebalanced after that, probably. But yeah. I haven't had them rebalance and I'm not running media. I'm just running static. Yeah. They're just a static stick on. Yeah. Dude, mm-hmm. that's the way to balance. I know that lots of people have lots of luck doing it other ways, but everything I've tried, nothing beats a static stick on. Yeah. Me either. Same with Bray. I mean, he went through, he had like, not, I wouldn't even call it death wobble, but just death. Like the <laughs> axle was like hopping just off death. of the ground at certain speeds when he had a certain amount of weight in his tires. And he was like, no, I'm going back to stick on weights. And he was like, yeah, it's great now. So, it's so strange that you always hear these stories on the internet. Someone's like, I put three golf balls in my tire. I can go 95 miles an hour and I can drink <laughs> a glass of wine on my dash. Doesn't even shake. Like, yeah. All right. And I'm like, okay asshole i'm like but i've yet to meet anyone in like real life that has done that and no, no, hold on that said they did it and then i rode in their rig and it was glass smooth you know what i yeah. mean like anybody can say anything they're like all right cool let me take your your rig on 44 inch boggers with full of golf balls down the interstate and be like hmm, this is glass smooth <laughs> i also find it's hilarious like you can use airsoft you can use dynabeads or golf balls which are like a hundred times bigger than or a thousand times bigger than Dynabeads, you know, or Dyna, whatever. That's why I mentioned the golf balls because it's so hilarious. Like I've used a, like airsoft BBs and like, like essentially it should have worked, but it didn't really work that well. Yeah. It yeah. was okay ish, but 
But can you imagine the sound? Like, you know the sound the airsoft BBs make when yeah, you yeah. like stop and they're like ting 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 over the tire. Can you imagine the sound golf balls make? Oh, I can't even imagine. It's hilarious. It's probably hilarious. Oh, it's wonderful. We wrap this shit up and start a Patreon. Yeah, we probably should because it's nine thirty my time. It's my bedtime, so we have to. Oh shit! It's gonna be a short Patreon. All right. I said so. It's gonna be a short Patreon. It is. I have to ask you about something before we go, though. Oh, what's that? Is that a Lego box I see behind you? Uh, Oh, on top of the printer? Yep. Right here? Yep. Yep. It's a Lego City. Oh, what is it? Hold on. I'll go grab it. Yeah. Derek has Legos. I can't let that go. I got to know what it is. Oh, dude, it's a race car. It's a Lego Octan race car. Dude, Octan. Dude, they've been using Octan forever. I remember being a little kid and having an Octan gas station. Same. I had an Octan uh, tanker semi. Like I had one, and of I was too. like, "This is the coolest thing ever!" Like it's articulating and everything. That is amazing. So good. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think my mom got this for me for my birthday. It's so funny. My mom also will get me small Lego sets for holidays because because she right? knows I used to love them so much as a kid, and she's like, "You can still be a kid," and I'm like, "Yay!" I'm never sad. The Lego City is the best because it's like realistic ish. You know, I you have a ton of Lego City stuff and it's awesome. I, I do love it. I well, I like mean, most town. of it is like in a in a gigantic tote out in my shop, but I do have that like Lego garage somewhere. Actually, yeah, it's in my like closet. A, it's not even on display. You have like a town. I mean, the town that you're referring to is literally just a garage. Like it's a it's a the Lego corner garage and it's got like a veterinary's office and an apartment, but it's just. It's just a, a single square of a block. Well, it's a small town. It would take <laughs> two to three thousand dollars to make it a city block. Yeah, right. And to make it oh a town God. would be more than I make in a lot. Thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Legos are not cheap. That's Legos for damn sure. Oh, and sure. by the way, well, for all the Lego purists out there, we are saying Legos, and we should technically be saying Lego. It's like saying deer or deer. You're right. It's Lego or Lego. But. Doesn't it sound weird it? if I'm like, hey, Derek, do you want to come over to my house and play with my Lego? Doesn't that <laughs> sound like it's like one thing, like it's a single four by two block. And I'm like, here, it's your turn to hold it. That's interesting. The syntax of that is inter- this is like, hey, do you want to come hang out with my deer? You're like, well, is it one or seven? Yeah, I don't know. How many deer? Is it one Lego or is it seven million? What if it was it's one probably... Lego? And you're like, yeah, I do. And then I'd be like, you, like, Mike, I wish you had some terrible. Legos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's two. You just hand me one Lego, <laughs> singular Lego, and I'm like, oh, cool. What am I supposed so to that, build with so this? So now what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, a Lego. You could build it's a, a box. It's a mini present. Yeah, you could build so many things. You just have to be creative, yep. Derek. You do. Hey, if I On say, that note. If I say to you, do you have any last words, then do you have to do it since I didn't think of any? Well, I'm going to say the sponsors, and I know you didn't think about the sponsor. or not. They're not sponsors. They're partners. Okay, you say the partners, and I'll try to think of some last words. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to do my best. I'll um, try to help partners. I, I apologize if I fuck it up. Uh, I mean, mess it up. Sorry, we're not on Patreon yet. Um, everybody check out Complete Off-Road uh, for all of your off-road component needs. If you need something for your rig, call up Chris at Complete Off-Road, 563-583-5363. Sounds right. Um, it is right. I looked it up and I mm-hmm. it on the screen. Um, I've done it from memory before, but I didn't want to mess it up being the only one because if Steve was here, he'd at least call me out if I messed it up. Uh, 
for all our off-road, for all your off-road recovery needs. Um, I've seen their recovery ropes in action. Uh, recovering Mike at uh, Moonlight. It was hilarious. Derek, um, you've been stuck plenty of times. I have. And I, I pulled you out plenty of times. Then that's you calm true. down. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> and Morflate. I think we talked about Morflate compressors enough. But uh, if you want your tires yeah. to be more high than they are now, it's gooder than not having a Morflate. And more even and less moving around while inflating and deflating. It's good. And less, less uh, tangly than your homebrew setups like I have. Oh, that's true. Setup. Yeah, because it's self-recoils. Mm-hmm. When it's Flexzilla-like type uh, hoses. Oh, maybe it doesn't recoil. But either way. It recoils, but it's, it's like real nice hose. Oh, yeah, they're definitely um, a nice setup. And then Off-Road Anonymous for all of your, well, pretty much anything cut steel tab needs. Your fabrication you know, stuff. Garage organization. Yeah, fabrication stuff. Axle brackets. I think even custom stuff if you reach out to Jacob Tuna. Or if you want help you out. a Milwaukee cup that you can be upside down and only spill maybe a drop or two of your trail sody. He's got those too. Who doesn't want a He's cup holder that. that holds your cup super tight off-road? Can you imagine bouncing around and, and not losing your drink. Amazing. Every single like custom interior vehicle needs the Milwaukee pack out cup mount from Offroad Anonymous. Every single one. And of course a Milwaukee pack out cup. It does force you to go buy a new cup if you don't already own one, but yeah, it's you, pretty cool. If you just own so. like a lame Yeti that doesn't hold itself to the vehicle, then Shame on you. That's true. Yeti is not <laughs> good for the off-road enthusiast. I mean, I think it's good. It's just not great. I mean, I currently use a Yeti because I'm too cheap to buy it. Another fancy, what do you call it, roto-molded cup or whatever. But I know it's I not mean, technically Yetis the are... term, but like I know that's the coolers. But whatever that vacuum sealed, vacuum sealed cup, vacuum something yeah. cup. Yeah, know, that. My got Yeti. a couple of those. I only have one. And it was given to me as a gift. Oh, they have to be gifts. You don't go out and buy yourself a $40 cup. That yeah, has to be a this gift. One's, this one's got my last company's name Ooh. on it. Oh, and by the way, if you're thinking of a nice Christmas gift to give somebody, buy them a Milwaukee Packout Cup. We are not sponsored. We should be. We should be. We really need to get sponsored by Milwaukee Packout because I have Wouldn't a that be something? ton of Packout stuff to buy because my bed drawers weigh so GD much mm. that Packouts would be lighter. Um, Derek is struggling that, not though. to curse. We need to start the Patreon soon. I know we do. And I'm going to keep talking because we're both from the Midwest and we're really bad at goodbyes. That's the thing. Bad at goodbyes, even though we're not saying goodbye to each other. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're saying virtual goodbyes. We're like, well, slap our knee a little bit. Well, well I'll tell you what. Get, uh, yeah. Better get to it. Mike, any last words? Those were my last words. It was buy somebody a Christmas gift that is off road stuff. Yeah. Like a Milwaukee Packout Cup, because then they'll be forced to go to LRA and buy a Milwaukee Packout Cup holder. Also, in that might be more applicable to 2023 Christmas because Christmas is four days away and podcasts. Oh, that's a good point. I keep forgetting. We still have like a couple weeks till Christmas. Not even a couple weeks. We have less than two weeks, but you guys have like a couple of days. So, yeah. We're recording this almost a week in advance. And if you're listening to this late and Christmas has already happened, Merry Christmas and think about next yeah. year. Maybe put a little money yeah. in the Christmas club so you're not Possibly broke as a joke New next year. year. That's right. All right. That's it. 
What do we do? We normally say anything at the end after that besides? I think we we'll say bye, guys. I like you. Trail. Okay, I like that. <laughs> do you want to say the actual thing though? I'll say the actual thing. Okay. We'll catch you on the trail. I fucked that up really bad. I actually kind of like that. Like we should just do that. Im- we should just do that immediately again, and then Steve okay. can put this whole debacle at the end of the episode. <laughs> so you okay, say I'll- the you say the the funny part, and then I'll say, th- and then we'll switch, and I'll go. This is the Total Opera Podcast. I'm not Steve. And then okay, I'm going to start Steve. over now. Cool. Wait, are you wait? Are you actually hitting stop and record? Or are you just letting it go? I'm just been letting it go this whole time. All right, cool. Let's do that. <laughs> So just let it keep going. Yeah, just let it keep going and start okay. whenever you're ready. Third time's the charm. Here we go, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>